0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Minty's Room, I'm your host Miriam and today I'm here with a very special guest but before I introduce her let me just say I know it's been two months since I last uploaded an episode, just been busy, been travelling, all that kind of stuff but I'm back and I'm back with a bit of a rebrand as you can tell, got a couple of different pictures upon my episodes, all pictures that I've taken by the way, just saying, um but yeah, let's get into this episode, shall we? So I'm here today with my good friend Layla. Now Layla's not her real name. <laughs> We're not gonna use her real name for legal purposes, but would you like to say hello Layla?
1: Hi everyone, um I'm Layla today. For those listening who know me, you know my name's not Layla. <laughs> And yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So thank you, Miriam, for having me. It's no an honour.
0: No problem. Well, today we're going to be taking a deep dive into Layla's life because she has lived a very eventful life. <laughs> a lot of things seem to happen to Layla. Um, yes. But we're going to be going through them today and it should be very interesting. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Let's get into it. So I know Layla because she met my parents back in 2018. 17. 2017. Five, oh my gosh, five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. So they visited Palestine together in a tour mm-hmm. group back in 2017. They met her back when she was studying to be a med student, um, which was uh, not a smooth journey, but we'll talk about that. I don't
1: think that. it's smooth for anyone, to be honest. But, yeah, anyone. we'll talk about
0: it. <laughs> but it's especially bad when you lose your notes at the airport.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that, though. I was 17 when I met Miriam's parents, um, uh, so I was in my second year of A-Levels and any student, whether you're in GCSE, A-Level, Uni, whatever, if you lose your notes before like you even get to your destination, it was quite traumatic. Why I brought my notes, you may be wondering, I've no idea, I was on a holiday for 10 days, we went to Jordan for 5 days and then we crossed the border to Palestine and i thought i could get revision done hence why my whole suitcase is full of my notes um long story short it went missing the suitcase mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sad we i don't know where we changed that so we changed we got the plane from manchester to somewhere i can't remember mm-hmm. and then basically when we had to change um planes they didn't transfer our luggage and that's all, and then it just kept going missing from there does that make sense yeah was it
0: just yours or was it everyone else's it was
1: just my family oh. and then they all eventually got theirs back on our last day in Jordan and oh, mine last day and then mine didn't turn up Oh no. <laughs> until we got back from the holiday completely like 10 days later so in total I'm gonna say it was about three weeks from like when I lost my luggage and the suitcase came back battered like it was like it had been through something <laughs> oh man it must have been places that you haven't been yeah. before you know <laughs> 100% um so yeah, you didn't so, have yeah. your notes during that time. Did you have exams coming up I something? had, to be fair, yeah. I think the reason I brought them because I had exams in January and it was December we went. So yeah. um, I, I applied for medicine. I don't know if I'd got any offers by then. I think I was still waiting for interviews, like to hear back if I got an interview. Yeah. Um, And like, obviously, yeah, you want to do well in your exams because I was like, I don't want to redo A-levels again, especially yeah. like biology. I think I was on a U at that point. I was on a U actually till april like so this is a2 exams like the exams are right before uni oh my god my teachers had no faith in me whatsoever they were like you need to apply for like foundation years like another degree where like you're going to get c's and b's because you you need a sort of medicine yeah and i was like um they're kind of right but at the same time i don't want to believe them so wow so they were telling you to give up so they were like you should like at, at that point i'd already applied that like, ucas had everything been sent off yeah for all of you university people out there, UCAS is the uh, system you use to apply for university. I yeah, know, I know these my days, demographics should know. <laughs> <laughs> They'll know. There's uh, apprenticeships are quite, um, they're on the rise now, so yeah. I don't know if you use our UCAS for that, but uh, we're straying away from the main point. Um, a miracle from God, Alhamdulillah, I, I literally don't have any idea how like I passed. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, I got my place at a university, which is going to remain a secret. We're secret, not- yeah, anonymous. <laughs> We're not going to disclose. <laughs> We're now. not going to tell you where I am.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so you got in to med school then? Yes, oh, Mashallah. God but yeah shortly after that um, you know actually no before that when my parents came back from Palestine that year we didn't go with them because like we had exams and stuff like that meanwhile this one's studying for med school so (laughs) maybe we could have gone but um, when they came back they were like yeah we met this like amazing family and they were basically our kids now and like we replaced you all that kind of stuff and we'd be like wow who is this amazing like who are these amazing kids that they're talking about Um, so Leila has a sister and a brother
1: yes
0: um and so we met them shortly after they came back from Palestine and honestly it was like I felt like I came on the trip with you because they told me so much about the trip that I felt like I had been there (laughs) by the way I do have an episode on my um on my podcast called the time I visited Palestine this is different to that so I did visit Palestine later on, but this trip I'm talking about is where my mum and dad went initially in 2017. Um, But yeah, so they talked about this amazing family they had met. (laughs) And so when we met you, it felt like we'd known each other already. Everything went really well. The conversation flowed really well. We got along with you so well. And then we kept meeting up. You kept coming to our house. We came to yours. And yeah, so our families just became really close from there. So why did you become a med student? What made you decide that you wanted to do that?
1: Um people from the outside who know my family will will say one thing um I obviously have my own reasons but the reason what most people think is because one I'm I'm the youngest in like my cousins from my mum's side there's um six of us just like from my mum's side on, alone who are med students slash doctors oh my <laughs> <Right> god <now. laughs> no pressure then so like and in my generation so like the academic year that I'm in there's three of us like so each of my mum's sisters including my mum they were all, like, one of their kids we all applied like, at the same time oh. so it just seems like i copied everyone <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean all you listeners out there i am pakistani so like typical <laughs> yeah the title of this is going to be coconut diaries so. <laughs> <laughs> i know my voice sounds like maybe it's a bit more whiteified am i don't, is, I'm allowed to use that word yeah you can okay. this is called coconut diaries <laughs> <laughs> i did actually go to a state school no grammar school um here um and then I went to like the normal sixth form so I am not coming from a privileged or like well educated background I just you're just very well spoken I just yeah oh I don't know about that she's too kind William. (laughs) um but yeah my reasoning I I'll be honest with you I kept like flicking between so many different like industries when I was at school I was like I really like the idea of being a teacher I was like what subject I don't know I really enjoyed everything I'll be honest I really liked PE but then I was like brown girl doing PE I can't oh. imagine
0: you as a PE teacher <laughs> <laughs> jumping jacks
1: everywhere. I mean your mum <laughs> oh yeah are we allowed to talk about your mum yeah my mum's a PE teacher So <laughs> no hate to you mother um, <laughs> and then at one point I wanted to be a, a hostess on like flights because oh, we traveled like damn. my mum really likes traveling so she takes us everywhere so I was like, oh, I, like, this is just two in one. Like, I can travel and like earn at the same time. And yeah. they, they always like look really slick and smell really good. And I was like... <laughs> Very glamorous. They look <laughs> yeah. glamorous. Yeah. I just wanted to be that. And then that just didn't happen. That, we're talking like six, seven years old at that point. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> oh, and then, believe it or not, you may not actually believe this, I really, really wanted to go into politics. What? Yes, I know. When I was in... <laughs> First year of sixth form, I just really enjoyed debates, like and the idea of debating and like winning a debate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gina, have you watched Parliament? It's just like animals fighting. No, that but like in a sophisticated right. manner. No, they sophisticated? <laughs> I don't know. Like they use technical language, and they do it really well. Like one person from like one side comes with their argument, and the other person like comes with. Like, an even stronger, like... Nah, actually, I changed my mind. Punch. I don't think you'd have the... You don't have the politician no, blood in you. No, you I don't, know. Don't, you don't, you're not manipulative
0: you. <laughs> enough. Like, you're too nice. You'd get I, would over. <laughs> you I would lose. I would be defeated
1: <laughs> within five minutes. Someone
0: would put a scandal about you in the newspaper yes. and you'd be done.
1: Yeah, they'd tell, the, they tell the world about what I've done. Yeah, <laughs> about your... We will come on to that soon. We will. Shortly. Um, so, med student, And then, yeah, med students. So, I just... Um, like, literally two weeks before UCAS, I properly made the decision. Oh, last minute. So, so medicine, dentistry and veterinary, I think it's still the same. It has been four years since I did... No, five years since I applied. Um, I'm very old. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> and so, yeah, I was talking about two weeks before the UCAS deadline. I'd, oh, like, right. actually finalised. I wanted to, like, apply for medicine. Yeah. And now that's very late. I obviously did... You know dibble dabble with the idea of being a doctor but I never really had a concrete like this is this is what I want mm-hmm. it never happened until like two weeks before and I still I'm gonna be honest I'm still like playing with the idea I 100% want to be a doctor I just don't know what I where I want to go um because I don't know I just some some med students listening maybe or if you have any like family in medicine may disagree with me um about how varied um, your life is after like university. i I personally think so the reason why I didn't go straight into politics was because I think I could do more in terms of change, being a doctor and like getting into law that way. Mm-hmm. So, like I don't know, like healthcare, like law and all the politics in like healthcare. but um I don't really I, now I'm seeing myself less and less in that in that field um because again, I think you have to be very much into politics. And quite a high level up to actually make change. But I like the idea of being an activist mm-hmm. for my patients. And you, we will get on we're going to getting onto we're that. Gonna get onto that as well.
0: So you've been a med student for how long now?
1: Uh, four years so and counting. You
0: would be in your fifth year now.
1: I should have been, correct. <laughs> but last year you took a year out. Not a year out, you did a year of experience. Um, yes, it's for all the medics out there and dentists and vets. We get the opportunity... In the UK, I'm not too sure about worldwide, I don't know what happens everywhere else in the world, but we have this opportunity called intercalation, which is, put it simply, it's a sandwich degree. So in your five years degree, um, you have an opportunity to take one year out and do another degree. So technically it's three years of education, but they jam pack it into one year. So it's quite an intense year and you can do it in anything, basically. It is medicine related so for example i'll give you some like courses like names of courses that you could do cardiology for a year that's very a medical one
0: i didn't know that it was a degree year
1: i thought it was a year in experience but it's a whole separate it's a whole, degree like you literally get like a bsc wow. like yeah another another degree that's very cool yes very cool very difficult to get onto. Uh-huh. very difficult to complete uh-huh. however um one of the best things i think i've ever like done um so cardiology is one pharmacology could be another law and ethics oh. like business medicine um engineering um so what did you do in? so i did it in pre-hospital care um which is it's in the name all of the care that happens before um the patient reaches hospital so ambulance work and all the emergencies and trauma and i did it in london um with london's air ambulance which I just yeah I just have no words I had the best year ever that sounds very cool but you know when you say London and you say
0: like ambulance I think of like you know like a lot of stabbings and things like that yes
1: I was in East London quite oh. a few of my shifts um we obviously did cover so London's air ambulance covers basically everything in central London and greater London because um, you do have like Kent and Sussex air ambulance you've got the other one on the other side I don't actually know the name of it um however like they work together um because the air ambulance is actually not on the NHS it's actually um charity so like they only function because of donations like coming in so if I don't understand like how like lucky I've been to for, for them to be a part of like a degree like this course and for yeah. me to get onto that course like I just to clarify air ambulance do you mean helicopter helicopter, helicopter? yes Damn, <laughs> this girl's flying in a helicopter nope. all year okay, so we'll just clarify I only took pictures with the helicopter <gasps> you didn't get to go inside we never got to go inside because as you can imagine a helicopter has limited space Space for the pilot, co-pilot, doctor, paramedic, and the patient. Like, literally, the patient doesn't even have that much room. Like, their families can't fit in. So, a student who has nothing to offer (laughs) um, may just, you know, it'd be best if we just hang off the edge. There's no space for us inside the helicopter. (laughs) Ah, that makes sense. However, um, that being said, the same team that goes out in the helicopter in the daytime, because it's not safe to fly the air ambulance you know at night time when it's windy when the weather conditions are really bad um they have cars so the same team goes out in the cars at night time and like I mean just like geographically and logistically it just seems sometimes it is more appropriate to go in a car like it's quicker to get to the the patient this
0: is a really like random question but does the
1: car say air ambulance on it um oh my gosh you're gonna you're testing my memory um it was be the, be very funny the color is the same That the helicopter's red the cars are red like you can definitely tell it's not a normal ambulance normal ambulance truck. they like bmw sorry i cut you off because you said normulance i'm <laughs> aware that i've just made a word up
0: there so if you didn't know or well, i mean we didn't say it so they wouldn't know but Leila's is actually dyslexic
1: yes i have dyslexia um hence why I, I took my books to Palestine in the first place because I was just at the bottom of my class. GCSEs, A-levels, uni. So, Miriam's other episode, if you haven't already heard it, go back, listen to it after this one. The Curse of a Gifted Child. Oh, yeah. Um, just like the yourself, I would be up longer than other people. I would wake up earlier than other people. I would really try like my absolute best and like beyond to just meet like the same um grade or assessment like result as other people like I obviously don't know how much struggle and difficulty others went through but like I didn't know I was dyslexic until my second year of uni so we're talking like quite a while into education so my teachers didn't pick it up because I just managed to hide it really well (laughs) um and then you know obviously when you get into uni you're and you, you know you're on a course like medicine or even any course to be honest but like you're with it's people who are like-minded and you're with the best of the best so if you were at the top you know you're probably going to be at the bottom mm. um and it is i actually didn't feel this like um i didn't really have the mindset like oh my gosh i'm at the bottom because i've always been at the bottom oh. <laughs> um but yeah life's just really um it's had its ups and downs dyslexia has its positives and negatives um positives meaning i get extra time um, and exams, I, and yeah. exams, and I definitely like I. I just never finished anything on time because, um, my dyslexia. Like, like, my sister always makes fun of, fun of me because uh, she's like, "Can you read that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I can read that." Like, it does take me a little bit longer to read stuff, but my dyslexia is more about, like the, um, like reading, not actual reading, but like when I get a piece of text, like understanding and processing that information. Mm. So, like comprehension, I was just the worst like I could read a whole book and I wouldn't be able to tell you what had happened because I just don't retain any information like I'd have to read things five times so just to like because you mentioned extra time <laughs> in exams
0: it reminded me of back when I was in high school when I was doing GCCs I had a business exam which was on a computer and you know how like when they have the finishing times for each yeah. exam they write people who have extra time they write mm-hmm. they have a separate finishing time. Um, I looked at that finishing time and for some reason I saw the dyslexia one and I thought it was for me um I didn't realize that there were two separate times so I took my time with that exam <laughs> thinking I had an extra half an hour than what I actually did and when I was oh, halfway no. through the exam the teacher was like okay you've got five minutes left I was like what <laughs> excuse me how is that possible and then my heart sank to my feet because I realized I was looking at the wrong time but yes oops. how did you do Oh, I, in the end I did okay I got a B oh I,
1: that's but good. I
0: the thing is it was so easy it was a really easy exam I could have finished it I could have been but you really were just well. like
1: wow I've got time I can chill yeah. take my time yeah really so, you know what maybe I am dyslexic I don't know <laughs> <No>, I <I'm> have dyspraxia <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know what I do notice that sometimes I have issues with numbers but that's the whole of the story <laughs> <laughs> anyway going but back yeah. to the air ambulance thing um just a little motivational um quick speech for anyone listening if you want to do whatever it is you want to do, but you think that something like dyslexia or any kind of obstacle will stop you, God is on your side if you're Muslim, God is on your side if you're not Muslim, <laughs> and you can do it like life is a struggle, life is a journey, but you can do whatever you want like Don't let anything stop you, so. Very wisely spoken, I love that.
0: So back to your year, um, the degree that you did in a year. Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, How was that anyway, living in London? One of the best things I've ever done. Wow. However, London is not for me. Um, Like, I did enjoy my time there. As a student, I would never work there because you're literally paying, you're literally working actually to pay like your bills and rent. Uh You have no like, Extra savings to do anything like people will say London is the place to be. Like there's stuff for everyone, which I agree with. There is stuff day and night for every kind of person, you know, all walks of life. That However, sounds so dodgy, but yeah, when you <laughs> <laughs> when you're in what way?
0: I don't know all walks of life,
1: <laughs> but yeah, carry on. Um, and I just found it really like overwhelming. I if you meet me, I really like to be in places where there are no people um like I really enjoy being on my own you're introverted I well, people don't really realize that people are like wow like you you seem so extroverted because I just I don't know I just you have confidence
0: the thing is people think that oh, introverts are not confident yes but you have confidence That you go no... I'm a prime example yeah <laughs> that's not what introverted is it's more about like people your energy just around kind of... people yeah. On the inside you might be dying, but on the outside you have like this, you know, very bubbly energy. yeah
1: I don't know, maybe I just like to hide things. I'm good at hiding things really well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really just I'd liked like peace and just calmness and London was not that. <laughs> um like it was just busy all the time, like when I'd wake up, um, at like five, six in the morning, like it's just be it'd just be a rush. Or when you know, when I would come back from university or a shift, like it would just the like, one kind of people would go to sleep, but then the nightlife people would come out. <laughs> so that was, a, I had a wonderful time. Like, it, it was a good experience to see what life in London is like. Um, I enjoyed it as a student. I would not go back to work. And, and I think one year was enough for me. So it was around that time that you got involved with the activism for Palestine. Um, I actually got involved um, back in, like, my med school university. So the year before. So third year like of my university studies ah, right. um, but most of my actions took place in London because um <laughs> a lot of these um arms companies for Israel basically um are lo- located there um and so a lot of stuff happened in London That's and right, it, it, it was is. just like... perfect location I was like I'm here for uni I may as well do some like stuff that I'm passionate about as well and, um, yeah, get arrested along the way and now facing legal action. <laughs> we'll get into that. But do you think that the fact that you visited Palestine, is that what propelled you into doing it? Don't... 100%, yeah. Um. In 2017, that was my first kind of time really understanding the situation. Like, obviously, my mum and dad always talked about, like, what was happening and we'd see stuff on the news. But it, as a 17-year-old, like, back when I went, you know, I'm still young, I still don't really understand the world around me and the history of why things are the way that they are and how they've come to be um and like since then like I I did a presentation at school like straight after when I came back to tell people what it's like oh, okay. um because I had the best time when I really wanted to go back oh. I think the people definitely like the company oh, I always say this, it's the people the 100% the people, people you meet but also the people that you're traveling with oh yeah because we went with a group. My parents. Yes. <laughs> I do feel this is like my second home. Oh, no stop that's so cute. Oh. And then like after that I obviously didn't think about doing in quotation marks like illegal stuff. It's in my eyes it's not illegal but obviously the law says otherwise. Um I had exhausted like every other democratic like process. For example, going to protests, you know, every year the you know at the time of Ramadan when all the strikes were happening um at aluxia and in gaza like you know people it'd be all over social media so people would like organize protests like once a year which is brilliant when you see like the number like the turnout was incredible but then what would happen like we'd all go back to our comfortable lives at the end of the day and then and then social media it died down because that's it's just it's not anyone's fault but it's just it, i mean i yeah. saw it as a trend it was like this is like getting really like um Popular, I guess, in quotes, it's always in Ramadan say. as well, yeah. isn't
0: it? And then straight after, things would kind of go back to normal for us. You're yeah, right. Exactly. We'd kind of forget.
1: Yeah, and it's not anyone's fault. I don't think anyone does it intentionally. But hmm. um, I was like, this is not enough. Like for actual change to happen. Like I know I'm not in a position to, you know, reverse the effects of all the stuff that's happened to the Palestinian people. Hmm. Um, but like, it, you know, as a Muslim even like what my one thought like the sees, like my little actions they all are for something I don't care like people keep telling me what you've done is you've just ruined your life like by doing all of these like illegal in in quotation marks things <laughs> uh, we'll get onto that in a second um but like in my eyes I would I would do it all over again in a heartbeat 100% and some other stuff that I've done like before I started taking direct action against these Israeli arms companies you know things like um donating like I mean like loads of people start fundraising when these things happen yeah but then I was like I'm not really working I'm still a student so let me start my own fundraising so I started fundraising um emergency medical aid for Palestine like Palestinians that was really like something that meant a lot to me because I thought you know if I can't I'm not a doctor yet and inshallah when I am I can go and like actually deliver aid with my own hands inshallah inshallah (laughs) (laughs) but in the meantime um I can you know talk to my friends about what I've seen and I can tell people about the experiences that I've had but all of these things like in my head were just quite limited in in terms of how m- much I could do and th- the amount of um um what do you call it like just how much I could help them yeah um to put it simply so then I was like right what can I do now because I was like I'm sure there's more that I can do like there is there should there is there must be more, like um, apart from like I know praying and making dua for these people is one of the best things that we can do as Muslims, but we also sh- we also shouldn't just, you know, sit quietly and silently when, you know, our brothers and sisters um are hurting, like Yeah. When one part of our when one part of your body hurts. Yeah. You heard this before. The hadith, yeah. You know, the whole body aches and when one part of our mind is hurting, we all should be hurting and I still feel very much Affect um, like I I cannot fathom how much pain that those people are going through. Like these people have lost their whole families um, every single day. Like they're in turmoil. Like these Israelis are just ripping the Palestinians apart. But the Palestinians are one of the strongest people I think I've ever known. Just to give a little bit of context,
0: um, for those of you who don't know, Palestine is currently occupied by the Israelis. Um, I mean, there's a lot of history there, but to put it simply, um, after one of the world wars, that land was given to the Jewish people by Britain, by Britain. Yep. They handed over land that did not belong to them. Um, And slowly but surely, um, you know, these Jewish people kind of took over that land bit by bit, um, kicking the Palestinians out of their homes. Killing them in the process, and I'm sure as you probably sit on the news, like there's a lot of like you know, uh, they, well they label it as conflict, but there's you know bombings and things like that and shootings. There's always raids, um, and obviously things that you see on the news and on the media, not always going to be entirely accurate. And going to Palestine, I think I mentioned this in my like episode that I've done, but going there and seeing it is so different to hearing about it on the news because when you see it in person, like. I don't know, you just, it brings up emotions that you didn't know you had. You just feel so angry yeah. and also helpless. And I think that's what led you into yeah, yeah. the activism side of it because, you know, you as a person feel like there's not much you can do. Um, when there is stuff you can do, I mean, you're right, like even things like donating and talking mm-hmm. to people about it, it all helps, but yeah, you just, you do feel helpless. So, you know, coming back to the present day, why are yes. you currently facing legal action? What happened there?
1: So, It was after um, Ramadan 2021, you know, every single Ramadan, we know that Israel just bombs and sends airstrikes to um, Gaza and attacks all the worshippers in in Al-Aqsa. And um, that was my first time when I had noticed um, that there are organisations out there um, who um, take direct action. Um, So that basically means going to the cause of the problem and like and dealing with it there mm-hmm. rather than asking politely the, to the politicians can you stop like sending you know weapons over to Israel because they're the ones who are endorsing it yeah they're the ones who created Israel in the first place I don't see why they would you know
0: take any action to stop it
1: so I was like hey this sounds like a an opportunity for me <laughs> <laughs> and I've i just yeah um long story short after lots of workshops and meetings with like these people and understanding what an arrestable role involves and what that would you know entail for me in the future Mm. um I decided to get involved and go to these arms factories and shut them down so and from the start you knew that you could get arrested yes okay so that wasn't a surprise yeah right um (laughs) however I didn't realize how like they didn't like what's happening to me today I didn't realize that this is the extent of how much, like, my life would be taken over by going to court hearings and going to trial, and the impact of getting arrested not on myself, but for like those people around me. Mm. You know, Miriam obviously was with me when I got arrested for the second time, <laughs> and you know, it's like I in my head I'm more concerned about what you guys are feeling and what's gonna happen to you, even though, like, you know, alhamdulillah, nothing happened to anyone, yeah. And I, like, you know, for, for like, my mum and my sister, like, our house getting like. Not, I wouldn't use the word raided because it wasn't raided but like searched but searched like again and again and again and that would happen not just to my parents houses but like where I was staying in London and mm. you know my housemates for them you know they, they understood like this is what I've done and they understood what happened but at the same time it's not really nice when you know big like police officers are coming in and really like just you know sometimes you do get nice people but like they're there because they are in the um thought that you you know someone in this house has committed a crime and they need to you know get to the bottom of it so yeah they're not um, there for a cup of tea though no there. <laughs> <laughs> and um. so it's an interesting um experience and I'm glad I've gone through it um. Um, oh, I wouldn't go through it again <laughs> it wasn't as bad as you think like being in a cell is not that, bad.
0: oh my god do you realize how bad that sounds <laughs> um so this specific incident
1: you were arrested on the scene first time so, the first time I took direct action, that was t- I was arrested on scene, yes, okay. so that one was a direct action slash protest. um st- I was like blocking the um entrance and exit of the factory, okay. so nothing could come in or leave. um you know, we obviously know that um drones and weaponry, you know is being produced there and there, like on our doorstep in the u k. yeah, we know who the buyer is, Israel. we know the, what who it's being used like upon mainly the population of Gaza which if you guys don't know is described by Amnesty International so this is like a NGO someone who has no religious or political like interests they literally describe it as an open-air prison like there is so heavily populated by civilians so when I say civilians I'm talking about children families women these are like no you know these people have nothing to do with like They've done nothing they've, wrong. They've done nothing. They just yeah. have been born in the wrong place at the wrong time. They can't leave. Help can't get to them because of the blockade by Israel. They don't let charities come in. Mm. And it really is frustrating. So, you know, I look at my actions and I'm like... <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. And, like, you know, when I remind myself why I did what I did, because it's really easy to get caught up in, you know why am I in court? Why aren't Why aren't these people who are running these arms factories on trial? You know, of all, like, especially as a med student, my professionalism is at stake here. And, yeah. you know, my teachers obviously were a bit like, of all people, <laughs> we did not expect you, and especially my family, of all people, you know, she was such a goody two-shoes when she grew up and, like, now she's getting arrested. <laughs> obviously not for doing the wrong thing. Like, any listener out here, uh, if you are have any humanity in you, you would understand, like, what I did was right, and, like, as in, I didn't go out of my way to hurt anyone that day, and I'll put it simply, I don't care about, and I know, like, when these places get closed, you know, those people who are working there, their jobs might be at stake, because we know we have shut one of these factories down, alhamdulillah, (laughs) but some people are like, you've just ruined their lives, like, they have families to feed, and I'm like, didn't they read the job description beforehand, like, I know, like, we're in a crisis right now, but, like, there are like jobs out there and like life is not that like um linear that this was the only path that they could take like there are jobs out there and a lot Mm -hmm. of these people are migrant workers like a lot of the security you will find you know are migrant workers who work there and I do feel a little bit bad for them but at the same time like read your job job description like you are literally killing people and um like it's literally like (laughs) if they they literally have it on their website um and we used all this evidence in court um that they literally say that we are we are battle testing these weapons on this population which we know to be the Palestinians and all of the human rights organizations WHO Amnesty International you can find loads out there they literally are like worried for this for this um this group of people like
0: hmm.
1: they need emergency help and it, the world is is recognizing it but not doing enough, especially our Muslim countries. Oh, come yes. on, where are the you? <laughs> so called Muslim leaders,
0: um, who have all these armies at their disposal. They have, I think, Pakistan has like nuclear weapons at their disposal. Yeah, so much power <laughs> in our Muslim countries. Yet, what action have they taken against Palestine? Yeah. Half of them have trade deals with yes. Israel, half of them are supplying things like water and oil and food to Israel um and half of them okay maybe they've decided not to trade with Israel but that's not
1: enough and frankly. that's not the point yeah like it's literally not the point as this well this is i mean look look what power and money does to you um, literally yeah and these people like we know things will get better for them um and we don't know what rewards are you know awaiting for these people mm-hmm. but they are going to be you know in the highest ranks of, um, of yeah. them inshallah and um the people who are like in endorsing all of this and allowing it to happen, like especially from our uh, from our community and faith, they will be uh, held responsible on the Day of Judgment. So Yeah, we will be. Everyone will be held responsible on that day for yeah.
0: this in particular, you know. Yeah. We all just stood by and watched it happen, but maybe you'll be able to say, well, I stood in front oh, of I a lorry. <laughs> <laughs> so your first arrest was on scene. Yes. And like, it happened while you were there. Yes. But then the second arrest happened a bit later so everyone was a bit shocked yes no one really expected it
1: yeah so that so those actions so the reason why I got arrested was because those actions was like a you could describe it as a hit and run so like I would do my action um which involved you know doing some damage to an arms company like the outside of it and then running away so like that that role technically is arrestable because I obviously did cause some criminal damage yeah um uh however like it wasn't until like six months later when you know, a case had been put together, finalised, and then the police were, like, out looking for me and, and other people. Let's <laughs> just put that. I wasn't alone in that one. Um, and so, yeah, I did some stuff in London because a lot of, like, some, you know, the factories um, are located there. they got some offices, etc., etc. Um, If you know, you know, like, what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. It's Israel's biggest, let me just put that out there, biggest arms company that the UK has in this country there are other you know companies out there you know for example the um organization or the company you can even say who who the the bulldozers to destroy the Palestinian homes are built in the uk so that's ridiculous so it's not you know there are Lots out there, but this was the, the biggest one, and this is the organization, the activist group that I'm with, is targeting this group specifically, so we can shut down all the factories, and then we'll, inshallah, we're gonna move on to the next one one day. <laughs> Don't know when that's gonna be though. Don't get too excited. You still got some court cases to go through. <laughs> and so yeah, like I literally yeah I did those actions. One of them was quite traumatic actually. I had to have counselling after. Um, a lot of people don't know this. You said you got beaten up by a... Because the security guard uh, managed to like grab a hold of my neck and oh. he had me like in a choke for a bit and I was like like on the ground. Like there's a video and I'll show you that in a sec. It's quite it's Perfect. a lot. Oh. Um but like it was literally like I was a ragdoll and he was like like throwing me around on the floor before I managed to get free and like run <laughs> and I was actually running for Palestine before, so, like, uh, my fitness was a little bit... Oh, for your GoFundMe? Yeah. So you had practice. (laughs) So I literally, like, had practice of running. Um, This was more of a sprint. You can imagine if someone's chasing you, you want to sprint, but, like, I was running 5, 10Ks, and... um, security guard just didn't have any fitness so I outran him and I got away got on the tube went back home changed went to my lecture that day (laughs) but you obviously got a bit traumatized but I was a bit traumatized when I actually sat down and thought about what happened I was literally like okay that was a lot um obviously you can't predict what's going to happen this activist group you know they can only prepare you so much because you can plan any part anything in life any part of life you can plan but not everything will go to to the t so obviously that you know it does happen and unfortunately it happened to me because i think he just i must have been in his sight and he in his head thought he could arrest me so he was trying to perform a citizen's arrest um which is basically um security guards everywhere will have training um where potential protesters would come and they um Technically, in in the eyes of the law, are allowed to perform an arrest, um, and then in time, you know, for the police to come and then deal with it from there. But unfortunately, he was unsuccessful. Um, so, I I got away. So this year in
0: 2022 in February we visited Spain. So uh, the girls from my family, so me, my mum, my sister. And the girls from your family, you, your mum and your sister, (laughs) we all went to Spain together um, because, you know, like I said, our families are really close. And we wanted to go on holiday together. And you know what? It was like a really nice trip. The apartment that we stayed in was so so nice. nice. I've actually got the picture of the apartment as the cover art for my episode, The Interest Debate, Um, a controversial episode. But that's the picture. So if you want to go back and have a look. That's where we stayed. It was really nice. You said you sat in the corner to do I work there. I used to, yeah. I would
1: get up in the morning and then stay late up at night and do my work because I was, uh, yeah, I had a dissertation to write. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really nice apartment, a really nice trip.
0: Oh, um, But around yeah. halfway through, you got an unfortunate <laughs>
1: email? Was it an email? I think it was literally the day before we were about to fly. We didn't stay many days, but it the day before our flight to go back to the UK, Um, all of the activists started messaging me um, asking if I'm okay and I was like yeah I'm enjoying the sun (laughs) Um, I'm in Spain I'm having a nice time why what's happening and they basically said just prepare yourself uh, because everyone's getting arrested from that day so one of the actions that we did everybody who was present and people who were not actually present the police just managed to you know to use CCTV and um, like a London underground like um, tube and transport for london um and basically just put a group of people together and start arresting them um for conspiracy um, this to is... cause damage to like these arms companies but this was months after it happened this was about six so months like they were after building they were building a case basically. so they yeah um and they arrested me for so many things like things that i am so annoyed about because um some of the things i don't agree with I had committed, essentially. So uh, I'm not going to use... You know, I'm not going to tell you the exact charges, but um, I was charged for maybe, like, six or seven things. Um, one of them was conspiracy, which is uh, obviously a, a big one. Um, that basically means that, you know, a group of people, you know, two or more people, you know, come together, plan, and then execute that plan. Um, Obviously, it's...
0: Like in, the Guy focusing in, in terms oh. of, like,
1: <laughs> causing, like, you know, criminal damage to, to the, this place. So... It, you wouldn't have conspiracy of a good thing, it would be something against the law. Hmm. And then other things, I'm not going to go into exact wording, but they basically said that I had um, inflicted, like, damage, or, like, I had caused injury to the security guard, when in fact, you know, if you look at CCTV, it's the opposite way. I never laid a hand on him. The security guy had me, but they were accusing me. And I'm really annoyed about that because of, like, my... Future like my career as a doctor, you know. Hmm. Obviously, it's it, it it's gone to court. We've had hearings. We haven't had the trial yet because it's going to be a really a long. It's going to be like a month, month and a half, even two month trial um, with a jury because it. A lot of us have been charged with serious, like really bad, like charges, hmm. um and so we would have a jury, which is a good thing. Like if anyone out there is thinking, oh my gosh, what's this girl done? Having a jury is one of the best things that you could have. Um, when you're on trial because your fate basically depends in the hands of like 14 I think people from the public who have no um bias bias so they would be told this is like this is what's happening hmm. and they would be asked questions I don't exactly know how they um uh sieve out you know people who do have bias but they have that they have a system hmm. and um, I you know I get to then share my story when I'm on the stand I guess yeah and say why I did what I did um But yeah, so everyone was getting arrested in the UK whilst I was in Spain. So I was like, right, I need to call my solicitors and sort something out because I don't know what's happening. Am I going to get arrested when I get to the airport? Um, This is while we're on holiday And this is while we're like enjoying and relaxing. And I'm like, guys, I might be arrested. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the worst that could happen. Like I found out what would be the worst. Uh, The worst that would have happened would be that I would be arrested for terrorism because I had fled in quotation marks the country so this is what you know the the police were saying that you know she's fled the country um which I hadn't I had booked this holiday way in advance yeah I had sent the tickets to the solicitors who then sent it to the police to tell them you know here are the dates she literally planned it she's coming back um so they had actually put um they didn't care about that they put a warrant out for my arrest and um they knew that i was coming you know going to be flying back to this specific airport and they were all waiting at border control for but me but you were stressed <laughs>
0: you were stressed while we were on holiday cuz you were thinking they were going to come for you while we were there i thought
1: like they were going to like notify spanish <laughs> like police and that i was going to be arrested in spain but alhamdulillah that didn't happen and the funny thing was you know we were on there we were sat on the aeroplane and our flight got delayed for, like, three, four hours. It did, yeah. And had in my head, the plane. yeah, there was, like, loads of engineering works or something. Was it EasyJet? It was Easy. We, we were flying <laughs> with, that's why. <laughs> and I was like, this is Allah telling me that there are no police there. Like, why would they stay up? Like, it's going to be, like, past midnight by the time we get there and they're going to mm. go to sleep and it's going to be fine and I can prepare and, you know, um, like... We were all all preparing for worst case scenario. We
0: were saying, like, if there are police, like, you should give us your bags and, like, we can pretend we don't know you. That way they won't search through your stuff. They won't take your phone, that kind of thing. So we were preparing for worst case scenario, but in our heads we were thinking, the plane's been delayed by three hours. There's no way they're waiting for you. There's no way. Yet when we landed, came through border control, we could see three very tall policemen stood at the back of the room. And And there was,
1: like, met police, basically, at each, like, passport control like, little, like, yeah, um, cubicle, like, yeah. desk, whatever. And I was, they checked my passport, I we remember. All, we all looked at you straight away, and we were like, yeah, no, they're here for you. Yeah, Mariam, Mariam's family was like, right, we don't know, you just go separately. Yeah. <laughs> Only because
0: we didn't want you to, like, we didn't want them to search your stuff. Oh, we didn't want them to like stop us and like ask us oh where, what who are you yeah where have you with that? yeah but it was just like so sad because they were so tall and big and you're this really small like <laughs> little girl and watching them take you away they didn't handcuff you no but they... watching them take you away was like really sad <laughs> they did
1: ask me so the lady there was a female officer and she was like she checked my passport so obviously the passport people checked my passport asking where we came from And then I think they obviously knew my name. It flagged up on their system. They were like, oh, you know, can we just chat to you for a second? And at that point, they pulled me to the side and were like, we're arresting you for this, this, and this. Um, Like, you need to come to the police station with us now. And they were like, are you going to be difficult? Like, do we need to, like, handcuff you? I was like, no, I'll come, like, willingly. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll be compliant. And so I did. And they took me away <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and it was quite late it was like yeah. I think about th- my um, brain it's like 3am or something, something like, like that. that yeah um yeah and so I told my mom and my sister to go home and get home safely I think I was more worried that they were not going to get home safely because um, I literally said to my mom I was like look I've been in a cell before I know exactly what's going to happen I know what the procedure is going to be they can only keep me here for so long so I'll be back home soon I've got your number, i call you when you're picking it up. <laughs> of course
0: she was going to be stressed. Even if you said that, of course she was going to be thinking, my daughter's going to a police cell, I don't yeah. know where, um, <laughs> and it's 3am, of course she was going to be worried. But
1: yeah, I know, it's normal for parents, isn't it? But yeah, funny thing, my dad picked me up from the first arrest and now my mum, you know, was picking me up from my second arrest. Well, they've both got a turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I won't be picking you up, by the way, for, for your third one. <laughs> <laughs> but like guys um this is not not me saying like go out and um commit crimes definitely but, like not. I knew what was you know what facilities were available to me I had food I had water I had prayer facilities I had time outside like to go they don't tell you this but I obviously was like I know you've got a library what books can you give me <laughs> I was like I know you've got a yard can I go out for a bit um And, like, if you want to have a shower, you can have a shower. And if you want to eat, you just buzz
0: in. Why are you trying to sell it to my audience? (laughs) I would like to give a disclaimer. I do not encourage this. I
1: don't encourage it either. I don't
0: encourage this. Because in my eyes, like, what you've gone through with all your court cases and stuff and even having to, like, take the year out and everything like that. It's um, not worth it. I don't think it was worth it for you. I don't think it is either. I definitely think that this is a hot take here. But I definitely think that these um, activist groups, they do kind of take advantage of young people yeah. because they know that you're free you have free time yeah and that if anyone can afford to get arrested it's you because you're not earning money and things like that they probably you yeah. know they do take advantage of that not saying that the action is necessarily wrong but yeah, I'm just 100%. saying that it is an unfortunate situation to put a student in yeah especially, especially a med student <laughs> yeah you're still young
1: oh, y- sometimes goodness.
0: I forget but you're only a year older than me <laughs> and like yeah you're still young and going through all of that it is traumatizing even though you laugh it off and you're like smiling or whatever it is traumatizing and being in a jail cell that's not like an ideal situation for anybody so yeah i would just huge disclaimer i don't endorse that
1: no i don't either and i'll just say like even though i have laughed throughout this whole thing i have had like moments where i'm like having breakdowns because it's just too much i'm a very Sensitive person I get overwhelmed really easily and I don't know why like I thought I could handle it you know as time goes it is easier, but like um, I took a a year off from like studies because I just needed a break from studying one and two um, I had some other stuff going on um, and unintentionally and indirectly I'm so thankful to God that he's planned that you know I, I had a whole year off because I have had so many court hearings all across the country that I would have missed so much of my like hospital placement. Hmm. Um because I'd be running up and down the country um for hearings and trials and hearings and trials and Yeah. Yeah. It's God's God's plan I guess. Um Alhamdulillah, everything works out the way it's supposed to. And just to kind of um put this episode I guess to a close, um I I'm glad I've done what I've done. Um it is a lot um, I know I keep saying you know I'd do it again in a heartbeat, and I would, but at the same time, you know, life. Y- you, we have our own lives. We need to survive, and you know you can't just um do things without thinking about the consequences. I did think about the consequences, um, but in reality, it is a lot different. Especially you know you have to think about your future careers and my career as a doctor. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm really hopeful. Um, but just to kind of say finally why I did what I did and you know why I still call myself an activist um, you know human rights activist because it's not just for this group of people I I want to be an activist for everyone my patients all people who are suffering you know if I can't go and treat them myself as a doctor you know I want to prevent injury in the first place so that's why um, if anything I think it's really important that we just shed light that these people these horrible people um, exist they manage these arms companies and people need to know about them because they need to be closed one way or another. So that brings our episode to a close. This is by far the longest episode I've ever done
0: um, but I enjoyed every minute of it and I hope you did as well. This is going to be a two-part thing because recently, I don't know if we mentioned this already, but recently we visited Palestine again. Together. Um, together, yeah. Our families all went together with another family as well. Um, literally like two weeks ago and it was probably the best trip I've ever had in my entire yes. life. It was <laughs> so good. Um, so, So we're going to be talking about that in another episode, um, another time, inshallah, maybe in a couple of weeks, who knows. So stay tuned for part two. I do think maybe in between I might be doing another episode, who knows, I can't guarantee I'll be posting regularly either, but you know what, make sure you follow me on whatever platform you're currently listening to me on so you can be notified when I do post. You can contact me, you can email me room at gmail.com or you can find me at Uh, Minty's Room on Twitter Uh, I'd love to hear what you think and if you have any feedback or if you'd like to get in contact with (laughs) Leila you can message me and I can put you in contact with her as well I'll put you through Um, but yeah I really hope you did enjoy I hope you stayed through till the end and if not no worries Um, you won't hear this bit then (laughs) yeah oh true you won't be listening right now (laughs) Um, but yeah hopefully we'll see you in the next one inshallah assalamu alaikum and goodbye